This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and ClearPay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Gamescope, the first episode of 2021. And I'm sure all of our listeners and viewers here in the United States would agree the year is off to just a great start. Sure is nice to have the madness of 2020 finally behind us. (laughs) I'm David Hatfield. Joining me this week is Tina Amini. Happy-ish New Year, everybody. (laughs) Justin Davis. Scoop. And Sam Claiborne. Hey, I just wanted to say what's up just to you, Damon. First time ever. Thank you. I appreciate that. I feel, hey. I feel seen. Uh, we've got a great show for you this week. We're going to talk a little bit more about Cyberpunk again because a few of us have beat it now. A couple of us, I mean. Uh, we got to talk about uh, the price of the PlayStation 5 and we're going to be flipping through a couple of oddities. Uh, the acclaimed masters of the game advertorial uh, at magazines that were put out many, many years ago. But first, I wanted to show everybody my new... Uh, computer mouse. Can you see it here? Oh, yeah. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's uh, fashioned like an NES controller. And the buttons yeah. are not, they're not clicky. They're uh, like very spongy feeling, just like an NES controller. Uh, it button. looks like um, when you looked in the back of a Nintendo Power and it'd be like, look at the NES Advantage and the <laughs> NES Max and like all yeah. these controllers. You're like, that just looks like a stretched out game controller in a weird way. It's such, yeah. such yes. a good design. It's, it's pretty totally good. ergonomically correct, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, is, is honest, it a con- it's a I think I already mouse, have right? a bruise on my wrist. It's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a computer mouse. Uh, are, you, are you PC gaming now? No. Because you know who is? Uh, you, guys, you guys have jumped ship? Well, it's just because <laughs> oh. of Cyberpunk, right? I think we just got another ship in our Armada. I don't know if we jumped <laughs> ship. Yeah. <laughs> We, we okay. jump ships multiple times. They, they call it something when you tie the, the boats together and you jump around between them. Well, I learned this flotilla. because I'm in Texas. A flotilla. Oh, is that what they call it? I didn't know that. <laughs> well, I think so. I don't know. I only have PCs to tie together right now. I don't own any, own any boats at the moment. It's um, PCs and consoles and handhelds. That's what it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, I believe what PC game you guys, you have been gaming Cyberpunk. On your PCs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a couple of weeks since we last talked about Cyberpunk. I've beaten it. And I, I, I know I can now um, share my verdict, my, my final feelings on the game. But Tina, why don't we uh, start with you? And, and Justin, just to be clear, you, have, you, have you haven't played any more Cyberpunk? No, I put it down, um, but not because I wasn't liking it, but I was liking it so much Ooh. that I, I'm play, I was playing it on 1080p on my PC because that's how powerful my PC is. And so I played it enough that I'm like, I love this game. And so I put it down in order to play it on uh, PS5 when those versions are out. And I can actually play it in 4K. So 
Either yeah. whichever happens first, either when the native next gen version comes out or when I get a new gaming PC that can play it in 4K. I wanted to save the second half of the game for when I could experience it at its like maximum. But um, you know, as I'm sure we're gonna get into, like clearly bugs, clearly problems, but man, I, I really, really loved what I played of Cyber Cyberpunk. Hmm. Um okay, and, and we'll do our best to avoid spoilers here. Uh but Tina, what are your thoughts? I didn't agree to this in advance. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> I, I liked it a lot. I think like I have the same sort of criticisms that I share the same sort of criticisms a lot of other people do. Obviously, it's really buggy for me on PC. It's been far less buggy, so a lot more manageable. Um, there is this weirdness for with the main quest line kind of going against uh, the side quest because, you know, your life is in danger. I don't think that's a spoiler to say. Um, but, you know, you'll you'll take a second to help a stranger at a bar. Um, and it's that stuff like there's definitely like a, a congruity issue there. Um, but I didn't mind it so much. Like once you sort of accept like this is a piece of fiction and, and sort of embrace that as part of it, it's not so much a problem. Um, and I also believe that they did a little bit of that of that kind of weird pacing issue because they were trying to fix the issue that they identified which with which are three players where a lot of people didn't finish the main campaign so you know they, they sacrificed one thing and for another and maybe they'll get it right for cyberpunk 2 or witcher 4 <laughs> the we'll doctor's like i'm sorry you only have uh 10 to 100 side quests to live yeah <laughs> yeah exactly you got to pick those properly although so, that would have helped the narrative gap it would have helped it's so weird in cyberpunk i mean every rpg every rpg is like the world is ending you need to save the world yeah. and then you go off and like you know collect help all some the cats yeah, yeah. I, was, I was just gonna <laughs> say cats, cats. Um, yeah but it's it feels particularly bad and egregious in cyberpunk it really does because there's the way that the time limitation is imposed on you um is really dire and really extreme but then to get the best and most out of the game you have to ignore that so it's odd yeah very much so and i felt like i was burning through a lot of the main campaign and then only after a really deep amount of time there did i start to meet some side characters that had a lot of influence and impact on my story so it felt a little backwards um but it and it, there's definitely that moment where it's a little awkward when you're acknowledging that um but i i love the main story i know that some people felt like it wasn't super engaging i thought it was really compelling um i loved keanu's inclusion uh, there's certain moments when you do stumble on side quests where he's sudden either it's completely about him um or he just has something to say about it so it was always a nice element when you had like a surprise Keanu interaction in something that otherwise didn't involve him. So I, I really liked that. It felt like a treat every time. Um, and I, I really loved exploring that relationship. And then I finally actually deep enough into the game when I was able to like really play around with the skill tree, because I think there's a huge uphill um, steep learning curve to, towards that skill tree. I finally got familiar enough with some quick hacks um, and lowering the RAM capabilities for each of them that I actually can do stealth now, yeah. but it took a while. And like, you know, last scoop or two scoops ago or whatever it was, Justin was mentioning like some people had crazy builds where they're going around rampaging with their Mantis blades. And I've played around with the Mantis blade, but I didn't spec out for it well enough or even know how to spec out well enough for it because I was so focused on stealth and crafting um that it's crazy to see that you can actually manipulate those skill trees to be vastly different you just need to invest a lot of leveling up time in them yeah so that's like and to do up. that we have really good cheats and they're so helpful the money cheat specifically that we have to like duplicate this painting it was so fun like yeah. once i got to the end of my game i like cheated like crazy and like made, made sure i could like buy all the stuff i wanted right because that allowed me to do exactly what Tina was just talking about with with stealthing and then i i just built a magic user like i just had like a total like funny like crazy magic build where i could just like knock people out from a distance or knock out their vision or make them forget they ever saw me like all kinds of funny stuff and like it just makes it so much of a different game and i want and that's why at the end i was like I want to play a lot more of this game now instead of beating it. And so now I'm like doing all the missions. Like I started with actually the missions that were marked like very difficult. So I could go in to like kind of test my metal. It was really fun. And so I, I'm in the middle of that. I've pretty much run through everything. Um, one other thing that you reminded me of was that uh, I warmed up immediately to Keanu's character, even though he's like, you know, 
just the worst possible person to warm up to right in that game because he's he's basically introduced in a way that could really hurt you um but um there's a uh there's a, a a whole lot of characters in that game where you're like this person is a disgusting corpo rat and then you're like oh, i kind of like this person by the end of like a quest line or something or yeah. like the whole time they try to warm you up to them but you're like this person sucks i really like that part of rpgs like contemporary rpgs where they're so well written that i really start thinking about the person i'm talking to and whether i want to support them and and stuff like that and when it when i flip flop in games i'm like ooh, that was really cool and i keep i did that all the time in this game it's weird about keanu though like you yeah like when you first meet him you're, you're not sure like you're in my head you're trying to take over my body um and you start to come to terms with that and he starts to come to terms with it and then part of the point of the game is to develop your relationship with him which if you look at your menu screen i think it's like the middle um tier because you have those like three cards that indicate like how much of a street uh city kid you are if that's the life path you went down etc yeah um and uh sorry just playing with my game here um but you you like intentionally develop your relationship with johnny and Mm -hmm. it's actually part of how you unlock a secret ending and also some other ending Mm -hmm. options um so um sorry distracting um but yes uh, you uh you're supposed to get to a point where you're at like ideally 70% um, connection with him so that you can unlock that secret ending. But at that point you still have, yeah, it's very specific. Um, But at that point you still have dialogue options where V can be really antagonistic with him. Mm -hmm. And it feels weird. That's another one of those narrative gaps where it feels really weird um, that you've been spending so much time developing your relationship with him and you don't have variety in the dialogue to move away from that initial part of your relationship where you were questioning one another so you can drag that part of the story out towards the end if you want to and i can't imagine anybody opting for that because the purpose of the game and part of the main dialogue elements of the game gets you to a point where you're supposed to start to trust one another so it was a bit of a you can always choose like you're just an idiot johnny leave me alone like you can always choose that as an option and then it's like but we're gonna get coffee anyway and finish this mission (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was it was a little bit of a takes you out of the narrative moment kind of thing. (laughs) But I kind of want to play it the mean way just to hear the dialogue options because Johnny can hold his own and he has good comebacks to things. And it's kind of funny that way. But uh, yeah, it's definitely supposed to be like a buddy cop thing. I think the the characters are one of uh, the best parts of the game. They're all, you know, really, there's a lot of really interesting characters and the performances are great. The writing's great. That's definitely one of my favorite parts. So, Sam, you left off. Uh, or you're right at the point of no return, right? And they tell you that. Yeah, they they make it very clear. This mm-hmm. is the final leg of the game. Yeah, and you're going to do as much as you can before you actually. Yeah, and I'm starting to reach my limit of that because there's like certain things where it's like you do have to kind of walk past a question mark, and then it might end up being a long series of quests. So like I can do those probably after I beat it at this point. Like I don't care that much anymore. Um, but I do want to do some of those. One of the things that I've kind of stopped to uh, kind of take in recently, which I did at the very beginning and I wanted to do again, was just looking at the city. There, there's no games besides GTA V that I can think of that like build out like an open world city in this like really cool living way. And that's what they're aiming for. And like I spent so much time kind of rushing through the game or like trying to do certain goals or, and things like that, that like I've been kind of stopping and like looking up and there'll be like a, you know, two buildings connected by a corridor with apartments in them. And then there's like signs on them and each of the signs or each of the screens have like a hologram going. It's like, it's amazing. There's like certain parts of that where it's like the artistry is so incredible that there's a little, and this is, I, I didn't want to end, end this with a negative spin, but like, I do feel like there's a little bit of a barrier for me to explore a lot of that city. Cause it's like ground level or indoors is kind of how it works. And there's some areas where you can like hop around and do stuff, but like, I do, I do love the, the aesthetic and the, and just the, 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 how they talk about night city as like a, you know, a cool place and everything and how much it means to them. Like I really see how much th- that, that CD project put into designing that city. It's really cool. The, uh, yeah. the, the level of detail, um, or just layers of detail, not level of detail, but it, that city feels so layered and, um, it's unbelievable. Like I, the only ge- it gives me vibes of a game like Bioshock, where it feels like a space that yeah, has a, a history and has been built up and changed over time, and it has one of the greatest atmospheres in any game I've ever played. Which you know makes it all the more heartbreaking when certain things you know break that down as it happens constantly. Where like you know the NPCs feel like puppets, and um, you mm. know the elements or they fly the like puppets, <laughs> they fall <laughs> they, through the street like puppets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but even even bugs notwithstanding, like the bugs eventually will be fixed, although like they're so numerous and so bad. But like, 
they're probably never going to fix the things like, you know, duplicated NPCs or all of them having one line responses that they just bark at you. Like why, when I go up to a shopkeeper, why is, why do they tell me to fuck off every time? Everyone in Night City is so mean. Yeah, yeah. everyone's so mean. And like, you know, so like the, the incongruent in the, the, the mismatch between just how the atmosphere of the environment and how incredible it is. And then, um, and then just the parts of it that don't work and fall down is, is heartbreaking in some ways. You guys, you know, the outside the city, it looks really good. You know, like the desert, like that all looks really cool. Um, and my favorite part about like creating an environment is being able to see things like how they, they take those game features and reduce them as you make distance from them. And Night City looks super cool from the desert. It's really neat looking. And there's little strings of cars going in and out of it in the air. And you do some missions where you're like, you know, sabotaging big towers outside the city. and there Or one where you like have to take down a flying thing. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, oh, this feels like a really cool next-gen Mass Effect RP- style RPG or something like that. Where it's, or it's more living and breathing than, than I expected. And then other times are not like that. But those times are really great. It's just also the way you navigate Night City because you're so often just driving um, or fast traveling. It just, it doesn't really let you have the ability to focus on those vistas. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm recalling like in Control, was that last year? Uh, mm-hmm. Two years ago, I guess, technically. Um, yeah. There are moments where you're taken over a cliff and then you can look out beyond. And like, I think about like Halo does that a lot in a lot of their yeah, games too. And totally. it's just, yeah, those, those like moments where you can slow down and, and appreciate the artwork. And I always take advantage of that when they, mm. when it's obvious that like the developers are setting you up for it. Like occasionally mm. they'll even do like press into the stick. So you can actually focus into this beautiful visit that we created for you. Um, but with driving, like the mini map is, I guess maybe it's the mini map is small or something, yeah. but like, I'm always so hyper-focused on the waypoint. I see nothing else. I see the waypoint and I can feel when I have to about like make a left yeah. turn or whatever to hit it. Yeah. Like in the um, six streets, I should just veer left. Yeah, I miss, exactly. I miss my turn every single time. Cause it tells me to turn left, like as the streets, like right yeah, there. Exactly. You got to estimate based on like, it's, yeah. it has to be in line with your peripheral view is kind of oh, how I think about it. And that's when you need to predict that you can make the turn um but yeah you're constantly doing that and like the traffic is ridiculous so you're like actually trying to navigate la style traffic in that game um and i, I like what i guess i think you can call like auto travel if that's a thing mm-hmm. where you just like put it like assassin's creed valhalla has that on your ship um obviously red dead has that in, on your horses um so you can do you can just like actually appreciate while you're traveling through the environment but not have to look so the only opportunity i get is if there's another driver and i can look out the window yeah, it um, doesn't have that auto travel, right? Yeah. That's what you're saying? Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I that's know. a really good point. I didn't even think about that. That that's something I do enjoy in Assassin's Creed and especially Red Dead, where you can just see you can put it on cinematic mode, which exactly. Red Dead is amazing and Assassin's Creed is mm-hmm. not very good. But you can also put it on that free camera and it's so awesome. Mm-hmm. I really yeah, like that part just, of the like, game. Look around and, and enjoy the details. And who knows, yeah. you might see an area of the city or or whatever that, that's interesting yeah. and you pull over. Like I did that in Valhalla quite a bit. Mostly because yeah. there were raids to be had, but you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got a raid. Mm-hmm. I ended up really liking the main uh, story about the Arasaka Corporation. I think that goes to some very cool places. As for V's story, uh, it was a little bit, you know, it's treading a lot of the same uh, similar ground as Red Dead Redemption 2. And then uh, I was a little bit disappointed with where that ended up at the end. Although, Tina, let me know if I should try to get this secret ending. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, after after you fight the final boss and after the main Arasaka Corporation storyline concludes, there's a little bit more with V. And I thought that was going somewhere really cool. But then it just it didn't. It just Mm -hmm. rolled credits. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Without spoilers, is the is the secret ending something I should be looking for? I actually haven't completed it yet because pro tip, if you're in the middle of playing the game, there's something earlier on that you have to get really precise, which is not good. As far as I know, I'm not a developer, but as far as I know, you're supposed to like, as a developer, you're supposed to train your player. Um, Mm. So it's just, it's bad training because in every other instance, the dialogue doesn't need to be that hyper-specific for you to, you know, be able to have openings for relationships um, and and for endings. But this one scene with Keanu is very important that you choose exactly the specific types of dialogue, not just based on, like for romancing, you can kind of think like, be nice to the person. And that's sufficient. You don't need to look up guides for that kind of thing. Um, but for to get the secret ending, you absolutely do because you have to uh, pick really specific dialogue in a very specific um, kind of 
I don't want to say intimate because it's not like intimate, like a romantic way, but an intimate moment with Keanu, uh, mm-hmm. a vulnerable moment with Keanu. So you'll know it when you're there. But I didn't do that. And I didn't know until I was many, many hours into like side quests and other elements in the game. So I didn't get I'm stuck at 60 percent. Um, mm-hmm. There's a rumor that you can still get the secret ending at 50 percent, but not at 60 percent. It's probably a bug. Uh, but ideally, you're at 70 to actually get this option. And it's it's also results in a way tougher combat because there are there are two main routes you can take the ending aside from the secret ending um, that involve different types of gameplay and different types of battles. And the third one being the secret ending is apparently the most difficult one. So haven't gotten there yet, but maybe so Damon, there might even be like an ending. You can just play the ending of the game differently immediately and see. Right. There's just, there's just a second a ending that's not secret. Yeah, there are variations. If you've done side quests with all your side characters, they should all be available. And then there's micro variations depending on who you've romanced. I've romanced both River and Judy successfully, so I'm cheating on them both. Man, uh, I, got, and I got friend-zoned by Pan Am hard. Well, are you playing as a female V? <laughs> yeah. Then yeah, that's why. Yeah. She ain't into ladies. So it's, it's not possible? It's not it's possible? It's not possible. You have to be oh, male Just keep v. trying, buddy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> no. No, don't no, keep it's trying. Fine. It's sad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's, uh, there's like tiny dialogue variation depending on which of your romances you bring in with you to each of those two. As for gameplay, you know, I was all set to like uh, play as a, a to- completely tricked out, you know, body modified, you know, uh, super powered, you know, superhuman and, and be stealthy as much as I can and, and cause as much havoc that way as I could. However, the game ended up being a, kind of a standard shooter for me and i finished it at level 20 level cap is 50 so like i didn't get to explore the deeper ends of of, of any of the skill trees i thought i thought I, le- I leveled up kind of slowly uh and then there were many many times when i did have points to spend and i would look around the skill tree and nothing seemed very interesting mm. and then also very early on in the game i got a couple of very powerful guns and it just it just it meant that uh any combat scenario, the easiest thing to do was just mm-hmm. to run in guns blazing, and mm-hmm. I never ran out of health packs or whatever they call them there. Mm-hmm. Even the final boss of the game was literally just shooting uh, the, the 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 shooting the boss in the face until they're <laughs> dead. Never ran out of health packs, so I don't know. I, I wanted there to be more to it, but maybe like um, you know, maybe when the the true next gen version comes uh, down the line, I'll play through it again and. I'll have to like find a guide on like how to play cyberpunk in a, in, in a way that lets you be stealthy and le- actually lets you get all these quick hacks and body modifications. Cause it just, me just playing the game normally without looking for that help. That's not the experience I had. A hundred percent same Damon. And it took me a little bit longer. And then it also takes a combination of mixing up between some of the skill trees. Cause it's not so formal as like, here's your stealth route and here's your like melee route or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have to really like familiarize yourself with which perks you're adding on top of to each other. So I got to a place where all my quick hacks were really cheap. I had a bunch of quick hacks. I finally upgraded my the, the, I forget the like RAM, not the RAM, the um, your like, cyber your, your hard drive. Yeah, exactly. Your cyberware. Yeah. So I had more slots. So I had more to play with. So because I think when you're mid combat, you That's can't so change key. those out. Mm-hmm. It's so key. So once you have the money enough for that, yep. and then enough leveling to to like vary yourself around the different trees. I got to a point where if I'm being detected in stealth mode, everything slows down. So yeah. it allows me to react a little bit faster. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then I just like put, you know, forget what it's called. It's been like a week. So I, of course I forget all the names, but the burning one, um, yeah. overheat, I think. Yeah. yeah so you could, I just like start stacking those on everybody. Um, and before you know it, uh, like in a, in a slow-mo screen, everybody's dead. And that's the only way that I could get there is I had to really familiarize myself with each of the perks. Yeah, uh, I, I, know what I was going. I for. think that intelligence tree is like secretly the stealth tree because mm-hmm. intelligence gives you all of these options to make to reduce your RAM consumption, and then you can use a money cheat to do this or just do it outright. But you can go buy a cyber deck that has six slots, just like Tina was saying. So awesome because then you get you basically have six spells you can quick cast all the time, and they start recharging really <laughs> fast. And as I was saying, like there's the damage ones which you can just go like light everybody in fire or fry them or poison them, which are, is really funny. But there's other ones which which are instant kills or ones that uh, take away their abilities and like really cool ways that like mess with them, and ones that like just allow you to do straight up stealth because you can just be like killed that person that person that person instantly and they're within line of sight of each other and you can sneak through that area it's so cool but to do that you either have to grind 
uh, or mm-hmm. or cheat to do some buying or just play a bunch of side quests. And like, and the, to get those side quests, you won't see them unless you like physically get near all those question marks on your map. And when you do that, mm-hmm. those are full. Those could be whole chains of side quests. There's so much some in that game that I didn't see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, yeah, I really love the character the character advancement system and how it doesn't hold your hand and how I think I mentioned this before the holiday break where like these systems all interact and overlap with each other and like you know no one no one tells you to like attach a silencer mod to your pistol if you want to play stealth like you have to sort of investigate it is a little bit of menu digging but you mm-hmm. know on the other hand this is an rpg mm-hmm. um and, and they've never shied away from that fact like it's not that dissimilar to the witcher actually with like the oils on your weapon and all these like true. stacking ways of developing your character up like get the right cyberware, get the right perks, get the right points, get the right weapon mods. Um, and um, like, I don't remember which tree the throwing daggers is in. Um, that may actually be in the stealth tree, but I don't think it is. Like you as a player kind of have to investigate and make the connection for yourself. Like, Ooh, like throwing daggers might be good if I'm trying to play like, you know, in a non-combat or in a stealthy way. Also, it's, it's like it. easy to be discouraged though. Cause I, I had silencers and, I just didn't have a good enough pistol at the same time. So I'd shoot them in silence mode, but somehow it would still like, like they're shot. Like obviously they know, but they haven't died. So that's yeah. the key is like, you need that one hit takedown. So for me, the quick hacks were the best way. Cause I just do like mm-hmm. two overheat and then it's the person's dead. And then someone else comes along. One of my favorite things to do. And I forget there was another, Oh, ghost. I think it was ghost. Any any game where you can whistle somebody over, I love yeah. to hide in one little bush and then just whistle them over and see the bodies pile. Yeah. So you know, there's, there's actually a, a quick hack to have um, backups come over too. And there's a whistle. Yeah. yeah, there's a couple of different things where you can lure enemies out into your house. Oh, there's room. a lure too? I don't think I've seen the lure. I think it's the, I didn't use it that much because I didn't want to, yeah. frankly. But there was like a call backup where it's like an enemy will call, call backup. And originally I read that as like I could call backup, which I love. Mm-hmm. I love companion pets or being able to call in like a raid yeah, crew yeah. like an assassin's creed That's um right. but yeah i think this was more like you can have somebody else be drawn to that location so you can get both of them at once and your cyber deck slots because you don't have a lot to start out with and it's really expensive to get a lot of them it makes you so you don't experiment much right so until i had six i didn't experiment much you have to have ping on you at all times and like stuff like that you know and uh one thing i was gonna mention is that when you um have all of those all of those those hacks in place you can get like um, you, you can you can you you. I think you mentioned this, but you can chain them so quickly that like you. I think you start killing people and they read they restock your RAM. So it's like mm-hmm. you. It, it becomes like a stackable thing really quickly, and like that would be that would be a cool thing for me to know from the beginning. And then finally, you should invest for sure in the. Uh, in the um, engineering stuff because you can start. The only thing that matters in crafting is that you can craft those those quick hacks and you can craft different levels of them. And what that means is that if you have um, what's incinerate one called again, you just said it overheat. Overheat. Overheat, If you have overheat, you can change it from overheat rare to uncommon to legendary. And it does different damage each time. It is an impenetrably complicated system to wrap your head around until you realize what's going on. But like you basically put skill points into crafting and then from scratch, you can make these low bar ones and then level them up to really high bar ones by just collecting trash and, and, and using that skill. It's really cool. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. 
Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay. That's enough, Cyberpunk. What's Let's up, check in. Let's check in hey, with the listeners. Hey, what's listeners. Up, listeners. Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Josh from the Chicago area did. And he <laughs> says, I'm a longtime fan of the show. Wanted to ask your thoughts on games in development we seem to have forgotten about. With the new year and recent console launch, typically games launch at a slow and sporadic pace for a bit. Some games that I've been thinking on and we haven't heard much about are Beyond Good and Evil 2, Dying Light 2, Dead Island 2, and Biomutant. What are your thoughts on the possibility of these games coming in 2021? Are there any other games you can think of that might be in development hell? And if they do come to Sierra, do you think they will be on Series X and PS5? Thanks for the awesome new show every week. It helps me get through the workday. So if we wanted to start with Beyond Good and Evil 2, I believe last September, Ubisoft gave an update, said, we are aiming to share more and show you the game in action sometime next year once mm -hmm. we pass our next internal production milestones. Okay. But it's true that game. What's that? Go ahead, Damon. You go first. Well, I just say this game has been, you know, it was announced a long time ago. We've seen very little of it. Uh, and it is also not really, you know, we don't, I don't think we have a clear idea of what this game is going to be. And it's kind of like perfect, like we were talking about Perfect Dark in uh, last week's episode. There was only one, ever one Beyond Good and Evil game, and it was kind of a cult classic. So I don't really yeah. know what, you know, how much of an audience there is for this game today. Didn't. Didn't Michel Lancel leave Ubisoft? Isn't he not? Yes. <laughs> and isn't it his game? It was. <laughs> that seems now, bad. But now he has left. <laughs> well, but I can't remember. He may have left full time, but is still like contracting to work on Beyond Good and Evil. Or like now I'm only like half remembering the news story now, so I probably shouldn't comment any farther. But like, you know, that's a game where I, I really like the original Beyond Good and Evil, but it's probably not worth its cult status like it is a good third person action adventure game with like a, a lot of really good atmosphere like it's a good game but it's not like that generation was full of games that were like really good like that so mm -hmm. the sequel to be like this hyped up is um is interesting to me and i think it has more to do with like some of the gameplay footage we're looking at right now where yeah, which looks amazing yeah, yeah and like and it's been a couple of years too so it's like it was even more amazing at that time um so um the ambition on display in the sequel is on a level of like, you know, rarely seen in upcoming games. Um, um, I pulled up the, uh, the Ubisoft blog post about it from September 18th, 2020. Um, and I'm just skimming it right now. So apologies if I'm missing some other elements, but uh, he, apparently he posted on, on Instagram at the time that he decided to stop working on video games in order to focus on other personal projects and will okay. no longer be part of the BG and E2 team. Um, at, but, uh, as he hasn't been directly involved for the game for some time now at that point. So the team has been hard at work building on top of this heavily creative foundation. He helped shape so on and mm. so forth. Um, for me, here's like a little bit of a businessy cynical take. Like, I, I think that Ubisoft is really good at figuring out the games that fill these little niches in like what gamers want. Right. And so they have, they have these, uh, they don't have a big open world sci-fi game. And I'm wondering if they like want to like shove this into that kind of like category because they have their big fantasy series it's assassin's creed now right like that's like basically their skyrim and they do one a year and uh i think like i i don't i think they would need like a reason to make this a focus and get people excited about it and, and put it as like a major release otherwise it's just going to be in that development limbo forever yeah um okay well, let's move on uh there's also dying light too 
which was delayed indefinitely a year ago. Although recently on Twitter, developer Techland tweeted that uh, updates are coming in the new year. Mm. I didn't see that tweet, but that was one that I had flagged as like, (laughs) I don't know if we're going to see this game. It is strange because the first one was the big hit. And then, you know, we we previewed Dying Light 2 at E3 and came away impressed. But so I don't know. I don't know. The, The game ran into some trouble along the way. Don't know what that is. Yes, Tina? Pause. Oh, sorry. My laptop's about to die, and I did not realize. Uh, Okay, that's Dying Light 2. Who knows whether that one uh, will ever emerge from development hell. Dead Island 2, I think it's pretty safe to say, will not be emerging from development hell. There have been no updates on that one in over a year. It's, uh, I think it's on its third developer. I don't know. What do you guys think? I I don't think this game's ever coming out. It's been so long. It's been so long, David. Like the original Dead Island was like so. It was like zombies in the daytime on the beach, and like that's feeling a little bit more played out now. But like at the time it came out, like even that felt very original. Like you reviewed it, I think, Damon. Um, No, I didn't review it, but I remember covering it a lot. It was like one of the earlier (laughs) games um, in one of my first formal jobs in the industry that I covered. So it feels like a lifetime ago, like three Mm -hmm. jobs ago for me. So I think that's sort of indicative yeah. of how far along we've moved away from that series since now, since then. if you're going to make a zombie game now you don't need to like buy that team and license and and make a dead island game like there's just there's just no point like there's that team right now knocking off left for dead um back back for blood is that what it's called mm-hmm. yeah and um and you know people are, are still making zombie games i don't think that wave has passed totally although i think it's passing like man th- there was a th- dead island came out at the height like yeah. Walking Dead was the biggest thing in the world, and, and there was new zombie movies out, and like people were like, were like all about like zombie philosophy and stuff like that. Zombie like philosophy? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, remember remember Kirkman on every single thing. Maybe we're the Walking Dead. Um, but uh, 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 yeah, I think like that's it's not a genre that like is is super peaking right now. Even though there's people making plenty of games, they just don't need to make Dead Island too. Yeah. not the conceit of the dead island series which was always good because it was somewhere um like dead rising like a little bit of goofiness involved mm-hmm. in it but also like at least for the first game a pretty fun crafting system um and you, you guys know I, I think very well by now that i really don't like weapon breaking system but at least when crafting is at the center of your gameplay yeah. it, it offsets it to a to a reasonable degree so like a little bit of the goofiness and some of that setting and, and the fact that you could play with friends and whatnot, like that's kind of what made Dead Island good at the time. So if a chainsaw can break, bad. But if you can make five chainsaws that break, good. If you can make five <laughs> chainsaws that also have electricity or like, you know, fire uh, attached to it, like you, you get some pretty interesting combos and then it gets really fun. Yeah. yeah. Plus you can, okay. make, you can make more even if it does break, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Yeah. You can just keep making your favorite items. And then there's Biomutant, uh, and although this one has been delayed, I, this one I feel confident will see the light of day. Eventually, we had yeah. this one on Summer of Gaming last year. Isn't that right, Tina? I believe so, yeah. I was going to say, I, did, I didn't quite... Up packs before that. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't quite get why this one was lumped in with the... Like, was this game significantly delayed or something? Like, to my understanding, it's just still coming out, isn't it? It's not like the other three Yeah, it was originally supposed about. to be like a 2019 game, I want to say. Oh. And then a year, so I think a year ago they said, we know many of you are wondering if the game is still in development. Let us assure you, we've never been working harder and more focused on it than now. So that was a year ago. And then we had some new gameplay footage on Summer of Gaming last June. So I think that, that, go ahead. Does that imply they were slacking on it before? Yeah, yeah, that's that's how I. Only now are we working hard. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was a big community reaction thing, and I I remember thinking like I didn't understand why at the time either. Um, and I think it was just a matter of like there was a consistency of updates, and then they went silent for a while, and so there was suspicion around like why are they so quiet? So I think that's where it came about. But yeah, I remember that statement that they put out was clearly directly um, related to the community having a lot of questions around it and assuming that the game was dead, so they wanted to clear that up. Mm-hmm. I, I think this game looks great and i really love seeing teams and i you know new brands and new names sort of punching through into like it's not accurate to call this triple a because triple a has just gotten insane now in a world where there's uh red dead redemption like games out there but it just looks it looks really really cool and i'm glad to see that the video game industry still has space for games like biomutant i hope it's okay yeah. agreed um okay are there any others uh, that come to mind when you think of like Games that appear to be stuck in development hell that we haven't gotten updates on for a long time. I don't want to say. Go ahead. Is is um what's it called? Deep, um deep down. Is that one of them? 
I don't think that's ever. That's I think that, what, what's I think the that one that probably, people yeah. always expect footage of at every single live stream thing, and then they get mad Elden when they're Ring. not? Yeah, Elden Ring. Oh, Elden Ring. <laughs> that's what I'm getting confused with. Elden Ring. Yes. Mm. Oh, I thought you were joking. <laughs> but yes, that's the one. Well, Elden Ring is from software. They just haven't shown you know much of it. They announced it and then didn't show anything else. But you know, yeah, pretty I sure. think they I think they had some sort of update recently, like a tweet, a tweet or something that said that you'll hear more from us soon, something cryptic like that, or you'll hear from us eventually, mm. something like that. It has been almost two years since we've gotten anything about Breath of the Wild 2. Yeah, That's for true. sure. And you know, this will be the, the four, you know, in March is like four years since Breath of the Wild was released. That's a pretty good release time for a game or like, you know, a release um, development period for a game that's like, you know, basically you can use parts of Breath of the Wild. Um, yeah, I would I would be shocked if it didn't come out this year. I think that's like that's the game this year. I think so, too. Yeah, you're right. Four hours is a long time to spend on any game, and especially a game, a sequel to a game where you already have the engine. Did I say four hours or did you? Oh, did I say four hours? Four years is a long time to spend developing any game. (laughs) Yeah, four years. Yeah. Um, I'm going to run down a list that I did not write, but that is from our team that may be Games in Limbo. Um, Mm. Star Child. Uh, Is that a big... I don't know which one that is. Isn't that the um, UB one? Hold on. I'm Googling. I mean, Starfield is kind of one of those games. Starfield is what I, yeah, that, I think that's what I was thinking oh. about. Well, that's, yeah. that's, well I will, uh, yes. Sorry. I don't know what Starfield is. Um, also, uh, Witchfire. Um, yeah. Beyond Good and Evil 2, Babylon's Fall, Black Room, Dead Island 2, Deep Down, The Last Night, Storm Divers. I, I don't know what most of those are. Yeah, so uh, Starfield. We just talked about most of this. <laughs> Star Child is Sony, my bad on that one. And then uh, Witchfire is the astronauts beyond going to Ubisoft. Um, I can go to, yeah, then Square, obviously, Babylon's Fall, Nightwork for Black Room, Deep Silver for Dead Island, Capcom for Deep Down, Raw Fury for The Last Night, and Housemark for Storm Divers. Oh, yeah, the Housemark game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Borba points out Metroid Prime 4. That's a good one. Another one from Oh, Nintendo. boy. We only have a logo, I think. Still yeah, although Nintendo, Nintendo, in their defense, did say, hey, that they, they're completely scrapping everything and starting over with a new, you know, new developer. So, and that must have uh, been two years ago, because it was at was, E3, I think? It was, it was two, at E3 two or three years ago, if not. The logo was probably three or four now, right? Three yeah. years ago. And then, yeah, and then the statement was just after that. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, Nintendo announced pokemon snap and a mario game and they don't have release dates and we're in the middle of that time right now i thought those would be out by now dude metroid prime 4 sort of ensures like nintendo is not the kind of company to give us a logo and then and then you know the game comes out three years later they don't do that they usually and actually breath of the wild 2 is an exception too they're normally a company that's like we're revealing a game it's out in three months like that's the nintendo style Mm -hmm. of doing things and metroid prime 4 they went out on a limb and announced it and then canceled it and rebooted it. So it's like, I think that that ensures that we're just, ne- they're never going to do that again. They're, they're, Nintendo they doesn't, has, they, they have gone back and forth on that. And I don't know why they go back and forth because there's been so many years where it's like Zelda's delayed again, Zelda's delayed again, Zelda's delayed again. And they, they always, you know, there's, there's like this, these console cycles that I think really throw Nintendo off where they're like, we should put that out for our next gen system and like that's a big theme this year too right will nintendo have a switch uh, update of any of any you know means that will change their game development like a breath of wild 2 like looks much better on a second switch or something everybody will get it i mean there was an era 15 years ago of you know game delays like triple a games from nintendo and other publishers hey really bad news you know the game's not coming out this year it's going to come out next year and like that was just normal and it's just now dawning on me that like that doesn't really happen anymore. Like obviously Cyberpunk was delayed and Nintendo's willing to do it. But can you like, can you imagine Ubisoft like delaying an Assassin's Creed game by six yeah, months or a year? Like, no, but like Last of Us Part Two was delayed multiple times. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, maybe it's just certain third party developers that have a more clockwork like yeah. development system that they're they're mm-hmm. able to hit their milestones more quickly. I can predict God of War will be delayed. <laughs> Um, speaking of Metroid Prime 4, announced 2017. Um, yeah. In 2018, Reggie Filame said that it was well into development and proceeding well. Um, and then in 2019, uh, they announced that they, it had uh, work had restarted under Retro Studios. Yeah. Just so they could have been working on the reboot of their own games, rebooting 
uh, for three years now, twenty twenty two. But just yeah. but just twenty nineteen probably means we're not seeing you know like the twenty seventeen date like they they haven't been working on that game for four years right like they started it over from scratch mm-hmm. so we're yeah. not seeing like, that we, for a while. <laughs> well, they have Samus probably locked right, so they don't <laughs> have to worry about that. <laughs> um, fun fact: uh, there's a code you can put into the original Metroid to turn Samus into a girl. Uh, this is, uh, I want to show you guys something cool. Uh, this is Eric from Cleveland, Ericland. He says, I hope the new year is treating you well. <laughs> On my break from school, I was itching to create something and Damon's idea for a Mega Man 11 shirt, but with the name replaced with what Justin hilariously called it came to mind. So what here it is. Thought I'd, share it. Thought I'd share it with you guys. Borba, bring it up. Just a regular <laughs> ass Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Justin, you can yes. uh, you can get that uh, whipped up into a t-shirt right away, right? I'm sure I'm Capcom sure. would have no problem approving the rights. <laughs> that, that's because I asked, is is this a Mega Man game where you can choose any boss and, and fight that boss out of order? Yeah. Which was eliminating yes, Mega right. Man soccer. It was in, that's right. It was in 20 questions. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And then I, the answer was no. It's just a regular-ass Mega Man game. Mm-hmm. No, no. Justin was like, so you mean just a regular-ass Mega Man? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a regular Mega Man game. It's a good-looking logo. I would wear that shirt. I'm just saying. I would wear that shirt. Um, okay. I know we're running short on time here, and I want to uh, share with you just a, a short one here going into the magazine wrap. Okay, we have here uh, the Acclaim Masters of the Game, which uh, was a newsletter Acclaim used back in the day, although they were charging people $3 for it, apparently. And this is just advertorial. It's just advertisements for their uh, upcoming games. So they do um, include some like maps and tips. What's and that? It's so good. So Acclaim it's just... is, a, uh, is a publisher, a major publisher of that era that is shocking that they're not around anymore. They're as big as Konami or Sunsoft or Nintendo yeah. or anything like that at the time. Um, it is unbelievable to me that a marketing genius, and I don't use this sarcastically, like a genius decided to make advertisements for their games and sell it to kids. <laughs> I mean, that's what Nintendo power is. And, yeah. and to further that analogy, Acclaim had a captain and the game master knockoff called the power team with all the characters you see on, well, they didn't have double dragon, but uh, Kuros from Iron Sword is in it. Quirk, yeah. that stupid tomato game. <laughs> they, they had a cartoon knockoff, just like Captain N. And I think it had like a game show component too. Totally crazy. Good. Sorry, get in the weeds yeah. there. No, it's okay. So th- this is, has Double Dragon 2 and uh, Iron Sword. Wizards and Warriors 2 on the cover. And yes, that is Fabio on the cover for Wizards and Warriors 2. I had that poster, the Iron Sword poster on my wall as a kid. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I wish I still had it. Uh, okay, so Acclaim's Masters of the Game. And also, I want to point out, you, look at the, the logo Acclaim at the top. In my head, I always thought it was spelled A-K-K-L-A-I-M. Oh, but it's not. Yeah. Those are both Cs. Yep. I didn't know. <laughs> um, okay, Masters of the Game. Welcome to the first issue of Acclaim's Masters of the Game. Inside, you'll find secret hints and tips put together by Iron Mike Arkin, Acclaim's high-tech game master, and Jen, mistress of the games. She knows so much about Acclaim's games, it's scary. Future issues will feature sneak previews of new games, more hints and strategies, contests, and other neat stuff guaranteed to make you the number one acclaimed NES gamer in your neighborhood. Since this is your magazine, even though we're writing it, let us know what you like and don't like about this issue. Also send us secret tips and high score photos for acclaimed games, and if we use them, we'll print your name. I like how they're asking, acclaim is asking people out there to send them secret tips. That's because games. Acclaim was licensing a bunch of Japanese games that were barely localized that they didn't even know anything about and just sold in America. <laughs> so let's get into the action with your hot gaming skills and our secret info. It won't be long before you become the ultimate master of the game. And then they have the profiles of their game masters. Iron Mike Arkin, he's been featured on Nickelodeon's <laughs> Don't Just Sit There. Cool. <laughs> I don't remember that show, but his photo know. is amazing. And then it's for Jen, it says, you've heard of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Meet Jen, Mistress of the Games. Cool. And I don't <laughs> understand, like, what was their involvement? Surely they're not Acclaim employees. They're they like, are? Well, I, I, I imagine that they're just teenagers. They're like game counselors, right? Uh, yeah, good point. Yeah, I think they're like half Howard and Nestor, half like gameplay counselors. They're just trying, I'm sure they, do they attribute tips to them and stuff throughout the issue? I don't think beyond this, I, but we're supposed to believe okay. that they're they just like, influencers then. Yeah, they're they're the original influencers. Tina, what were you saying? Um, I was going to say if they're getting like paid for the work that they're doing for this magazine, technically, aren't they employees? 
Yeah, or like or contractors, or contractors, or, or yeah, freelancers, maybe. Yeah. Um, okay, that was the first issue, and I have the second issue here also um, that I'll show you really, really quickly. Okay, it's really Am funny I still... that we've accepted uh, uh, names like bosses into the gaming lexicon because back then they had like they would call the end of level things like you know the level master or like the dungeon king and stuff like that. It's yeah. great. I, I, I anytime that comes up on Scoop, I love it that there's some parallel universe, there's some parallel Earth that's just like our Earth, but instead of bosses, they're just called level masters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Barbara, are we still good to go? Can you guys see? You have everyone see this this issue? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So for issue number two, Acclaim uh, partnered with LJN. I was going to say, they didn't do, do these games. Now I see the yeah. LJN logo. Great yes. logo. <laughs> so now we've got NARC, uh, Back to the Future 1 and 2, Total Recall on the cover here. And getting back into it, I think, I think there are new game masters here. Oh, uh, wait, a, so wait a second. Now it's John, Stacy, and Ron, Supreme Game Masters. Well, they all have t-shirts I want desperately. I know, I know. Ron's wearing the Quirk uh, t-shirt and has just a a 10 out of 10 mullet. It's great. Uh, So Masters of the Game, first the good news. You're about to tear into the second issue of Masters of the Game, full of hot tips, sneak previews, and game-winning strategies. Now the great news, LJN Limited, the blockbuster NES label that brought you action-packed hits like Roger Rabbit, NFL Football, and Back to the Future is now joining forces forces with Acclaim to bring you the hottest roster of NES games in the free world. And here's, <laughs> here's the best news of all. From now on, you'll be reading tips and hints on games for both companies put together by our high-tech game masters. Thanks to your hundreds and hundreds of letters from last issue, we appreciate your support, and we've, got, we've already addressed your number one suggestion. We've added more game maps and hints. Keep cool. writing. This is your mag, and we want you to be proud of it. So power up your NES, switch into gamer mode, and dive into our hot tips and info. And it's time we called you by your real name, Master of the Game. Anyone reading this was getting a big ego boost back in the day. Yeah. (laughs) I like the tips section shout outs. That's really cool. That's what I loved when I was a kid. That's the first thing I turned to when I got in. Well, I read them on the EGM magazine rack, for example, at the store, so I didn't have to buy EGM. Uh, and then the last thing I want to point out for this is the the NARC uh, write-up uh, is notable. NARC was a hyper-violent arcade game that used like digitized graphics, kind of like um, uh, Mortal Kombat. And there was lots of blood, and you could sh- just shoot a rocket launcher at enemies, and their limbs would, their burning limbs would fly all over the screen. So and I don't, syringes. Yeah, and the, yeah, they would. Sh- <laughs> the drug dealers and users would throw syringes at you. Uh, I don't. And so I don't know how that trans- a mutant drug lord at the end, and it's one of the coolest looking level masters I've ever seen. It's Mister Big, yeah. Uh, so I don't know how that translated to NES, but the write up here says Poorly. you are Max Force and Hitman, two of the toughest narcotics opposition officers, pronounced warriors, ever to pin a, a law enforcement badge to a bulletproof vest. I don't. Are they saying the officers is pronounced warriors? I'm not really sure. Is there an acronym? Yeah, like they're actually warriors. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Your mission, Battle Through Nine Arcade. Maybe it's like a a cool thing to say. Like, it's pronounced warriors. (laughs) Uh, Battle Through Nine Arcade Action Levels and Exterminate the Drug Lords. Then on to Mr. Big, armed with simultaneous two-player action. You're smart enough to know he didn't get that nickname because of his big feet. So equip yourself with high-powered machine guns, rocket bombs, and the missile-shooting Narcmobile. It's time to say no to drugs, Mr. Big, or say your prayers. And then the tagline says, guess who's coming to dinner? And, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why it says that. There's not- uh, and, then it's, and then it's a list of the enemies? Yeah. But they're not, yeah. They're not coming to dinner. No, there's, there's not a food or eating theme to this at all. It's just guess who's coming to dinner. It, it's not even like it's not even like they're gonna take their medicine or something that like half makes sense. That brings us to video game twenty questions. Our suggestion this week comes from the other Justin from Cincinnati, Ohio. Wait a Let second. the questioning. <laughs> Let the questioning begin. This is some cheating. Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my suggestion is uh, this is Justin from. Cincinnati. Uh, did you, I, I don't know, man. Did this game come out before January 1st, 2000? Yes. Is it based on a license? No. 
I'll steal Sam's usual question, which I was expecting, which is, is this game on a cartridge? No. Hmm. <clears throat> is this a PlayStation 1 game? Yes. Was this game developed in Japan? Yes. Does it have sequels? Yes. Is it still a running series? No. Do people want it to be? It's Ape Escape. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Hey, there, there's someone I mean, out there. There's no uh, clamor, huh? Is, was this game developed by a Sony studio? N- uh, no. Is there multiplayer in this game? Yes. That's 10. Oh, that's wow. unusual. We burned through that. Yeah, that is a little <laughs> unusual. Do you control a vehicle in this game? No. It's not. Hmm. But, uh, Do you play in the first person perspective? No. Do you play as a person person? Hmm. What do you mean by a person person? A person perspective. <laughs> Just a yeah. person at all. A, hu- um, a human person. Are you asking if you play as a regular ass person? <laughs> No, do you play mm-hmm. as a uh, humanoid person-ish thing? Humanoid. <laughs> so person. Humanoid for sure. Person part of the time. Oh. What? Some sort of transformer, or you change characters at some point. It's not Primal Rage, because that was on the 16-bit consoles. Mm. Um, it oh. could be... Is it a fighting game? Yes. Yeah, ah, that's what I, that's what I was assuming. Rage. No, but that was 16-bit. But, like, you know, it could be, like, Tekken or something where you can play as all kinds of... You play as a bear, don't you? Yeah. I'd consider that still still running series. Yeah, it could be Virtua Fire, Fighter or Tekken, but Tekken probably is around still, right? Yeah, well, I'm not dwelling on that part too much. It Samurai Showdown? Yeah, um, it could be... What was the one Damon really likes? He really likes Rival Schools. Wait, d- d- that was on the Saturn. Does it matter if this on. game had an arcade version? Would that help us at all? I mean, I'm assuming if it's a fighting game at this point that it was. And do we wait? So what do we know? It was made in Japan, mm-hmm. not made by Sony, and we know it's a fighting game. It was on the PS1. It's not around anymore. It's not around anymore, but it did get sequels, mm-hmm. and um, and it was. Did we confirm it was 3D, or did we not know that? Oh no, that's a good question. Were there any 2D fighting games on the PS1? They were all 3D. Oh, yeah. No, there was 2D fighting games on the PS1. I mean, Marvel versus Capcom and stuff like that, right? I don't know. We can ask. <laughs> well, was, I think they were. Was this game 3D? Yes. That's 15. So it's Virtual bad. Fighter came out, I, th- I thought, in like 32X or something on a cartridge. Well, well but Virtual Fighter is Sega. So they didn't, they wouldn't have put, because they had all their own systems still. Yeah, it was on Saturn. So, but it could be like Battle Arena, Toshin, then. Or, you know, like it could be, <laughs> wait, was it, was it licensed? Did we say yes or no to that? Oh, what about yeah, Soul Calibur? Yeah, could be a Soul Calibur. Soul it's not licensed. It's not Star Wars Masters of the Terra Kasai mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, Soul Calibur. But, but that was, wait, no, was that a Dreamcast exclusive? Mm, mm. Well, but there was Soul Blade before. Soul Blade. Oh, boy. Right? Did Soul now? I think I think it was Soul Blade and then Soul Calibur, and then the franchise was just called Soul Calibur after that. I mean, in terms of unlicensed fighting games that are 3D, I, that I don't know anything beyond the the big ones. I mean, was this game was this game made by Namco? No. Okay. Well, is that Soul Calibur Bandai? and Tek- and Tekken? Isn't it? I think they did what about both. Bandai though. I, yeah, well, wh- no, they were both they were both Namco pre Namco okay. Bandai merging. Right. I I f- believe. I mean, I don't know. I'm not an expert on this era Dreaming? of fighting. <laughs> it could be. Well, no, Power Stone was on the Dreamcast. I was going to ask if there was a character creator, but if we just knocked hmm. out Soul Calibur, and Tekken seems useless. Just yeah, I think Tekken I and Soul. Oh, Cal- what about Dead or Alive? Yeah. What are I those? Can, who makes those games? Is that Sega also? No, that was made by uh by uh I can't remember their name. Koei? Tecmo? Yeah, Tecmo. They were made by Tecmo. And I don't know. I can only think about them on the Xbox. I don't know what Dead or Alive was doing pre-Xbox. Oh, yeah, OG yeah. Xbox. Have we mentioned this game series yet? Ooh. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, 
I mean, well, Dan. Street Fighter <laughs> and Marvel versus Capcom. Yeah, you know, yeah, those are the ones I know, right? Because those were like, yeah, wasn't there those a... were the ones that were present in my friend groups? Mm-hmm. If anything, Street Fighter, right? Did they make a crappy 3D Street Fighter? Did they ever even do that? I can't remember. There's a movie-based Street Fighter in the yeah. movie. There's three fight. There is Street Fighter <laughs> the movie, the game. Yeah. Um, we haven't mentioned. Wait, it. We, is this a Capcom game? No. Is, is it, it? Who makes Neo Geo stuff? Hold on, you're you're running out of all the questions. <laughs> is the developer still in business? I think. So. No, you gotta. You have, How you have, is this? Oh. You have access. You have access to a computer. You need to give me an answer to that question. But that means uh, we're on the wrong track with all the bigger heavy hitter players. Yeah. Yeah. Could it be uh, um, Okay. No, this company is not in development in 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 hmm. business anymore. Could you it be like a we got hung up on fighting game. Could it be like I don't like a wrestling game or oh like something? God. But yeah. those are licensed. And Damon said yeah. it wasn't licensed. Like boxing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's not Fight Night cuz that's EA, but like something in that vein. Is this a martial arts game? We could ask that. I think we're out of questions. You're out of questions. Uh, okay. Wow. <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, we're not going to get it. So what's the point? So I could, you could either guess or I could just reveal. Yeah, guess Is something. It, oh, but remember, if you guess wrong, you'll lose. What, so. Was there a... <laughs> As opposed to not guessing I'm, and losing? Uh, if, yeah. What's the wrestling franchise everybody loves that wasn't licensed? Is it um, Power Pro Wrestling or whatever it's called? I don't know anything about wrestling. Well, that's, the, that's our guess, Damon. Uh, no, uh, developed by Hudson soft published by Sony in 1997. It is the human to animal transformation. em up bloody roar, bloody roar. Yeah. I remember that game. So yeah. I was, I was kind of, I've never heard of this game before, but I kind of could picture it in my mind after we got to this point, we knew it was about transforming animal people and that it was yeah. from, I was going to ask Hudson too. I forgot all about that clue that Damon gave us at the beginning. I should have zeroed in more on that. Cincinnati, that clue. <laughs> <laughs> that in Cincinnati, yes. That you're sometimes, uh, sometimes human. Yeah, IGN gave it an eight. IGN yeah. liked it. Bloody Roar was good. I played. I played it. I yeah, think we like I mean, rented it at least when when it, when it first came out. Oh look, there's yeah. a cat. Yeah. Yeah, it's always video game history is always interesting because like Bloody Roar is forgotten, right? Like no one's pining over its absence, but like. There again, there's a parallel universe where we're playing Bloody Roar Seven, and like Tekken is the one that like didn't catch yeah. on. And Look, next time Bloody Roar is this because it's going to come back because we always reuse games, and we <laughs> ask you, are there people clamoring for this game? You just say no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I think Justin from Cincinnati would love to get a new Bloody Roar. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So it's got to well, be through our lens, our interpretation. That's how you can answer that question. Are okay. we clamoring for this game? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Would we if we were introduced to it? That's a better question. <laughs> Is one of us clamoring for this game to come back? Uh, so, Sam, can Justin from Cincinnati at you? Yeah, for sure. From Cincinnati at you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, remember, uh, listeners, viewers, if you have your own suggestions, email them to me at gamescoop at IGN.com. And that will conclude the first GameScoop of 2021. More to come. That uh, you know of. That yes, that I know of. <laughs> oh no, man! <laughs> That's all the scoops we have for you this week. Thank you to Justin. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Sam. Thank you to Borba working behind the scenes. Thanks. Uh, we will see you guys next week. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop, and we're out.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.